The only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself, past versions of yourself, and to notice the growth that's happened. Okay? That's the only person. Compare yourself with yesterday's version of you. As long as you've grown from them, that's the growth that should matter. That's the comparison you'll be making. Creating the beauty business that you dream of doesn't have to take over your life. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, a handful of proven systems, being willing to stretch your comfort zone just a little and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly and your success is inevitable. Problem is, that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. Now with over half a million downloads worldwide, it's the number one podcast for the independent beauty business owner, dedicated to helping you grow your business, to get the clients and the money that you want without all the stress and the worry. Now, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years now. And I'm going to help you transform your business starting today. Welcome along to the comfortable, safe, everything laid bare, wonderful world of the Beauty Business Podcast. You're with me, Adam Chatterley, and we're here to discuss usually everything about creating that strong foundation for your business, focusing mainly on getting the clients, earning the money, and having that time work balance thing that really are the keys to having a healthy, happy business and life for an independent beauty professional. However, today it's the return of a topic that I've only ever actually talked about once on this show before. Yet that one time we talked about it still seems to be the most commented on episode, especially when people meet me for the first time and tell me, that they love the show and they've listened and binge listened after listening to one episode, it so often tends to be that one. Now, we all know that 2020 did a bit of a number on us. All kind of weird things changed about our lives, about our work, about how we see our friends and family, and all this naturally has affected our mental health. But the after effects of all this are only just now becoming apparent. And one such stealth mental health point that's decided to rear its ugly head again in a big way is our old friend imposter syndrome. Now, so many beauty business owners, uh, both in my Facebook group and membership and coaching programs have been reporting recently this kind of funk that they're in, you know, losing and just not quite being able to find their mojo sometimes for weeks at a time, even though they've got clients coming in, even though the money's coming back in again and things seem to be going well it just isn't quite kind of working for them the same way as it used to be. And it could be down to things that they can kind of put their fingers on, like, you know, worrying that some old clients are not coming back. Maybe they're not coming back so regularly. Maybe they're not coming back for the same treatments. And this is kind of getting into our heads and uh, doing a bit of a number on us. So we wanted to make sure that we talk about this today. We expose this for what it is so that you understand why you're feeling like this and what you can actually do about it as well. So fake it till you make it is excellent advice for some real business momentum, especially when you're kind of getting started in, in those early days. But what kind of happens when fake it till you make it never really goes away? That fake it feeling kind of stays with you. Now, imposter syndrome, as we all know, is very, very real. And unless you're kind of a sociopath in some way, you're likely to experience it in some way, in some shape or form 
on your business journey at some point. For some people, it doesn't happen for a few years. For some people, it manifests itself in very small ways. But for others, most of us, it kind of happens in a really big way. And often, if you've never heard of the term imposter syndrome or you're not entirely sure what's going on, it can feel very, very weird. And you don't really know why it's happening to you or what to do about it. But first thing I want you to know is not to feel bad because you're actually in some great company because it's a staple, as it turns out, of really high achievers, of top athletes, of movie stars, of best-selling authors, even presidents and first ladies have talked repeatedly again and again about this feeling of imposter syndrome, of not really being good enough to be in the position that they have found themselves in, or suddenly having doubts about their capabilities, even though they've put in the work, even though they have got to where they've got to through sheer hard work. Now, on a weirder note, there's kind of some evidence to show that imposter syndrome seems to affect women more than it does men, but it's by no means a gender-based phenomenon. I can attest to that myself. And perhaps it is that just women are more kind of aware and in tune with their own feelings and or maybe they're just more comfortable talking about it. But it is crucial to recognize imposter syndrome when it strikes, what it can look like, and what we can do about it, and accept that it is an entirely normal thing. Otherwise, it can lead to all sorts of things. It can lead to you playing small. It can lead to you not loving what it is that you can do. It can lead to affecting your mental health. And ultimately, it can lead to you potentially giving up on your dreams, which nobody wants. And also, it's important to remember that it isn't just a thing that's around forever. It's not like once you've got it, it's there forever. It comes and it goes and it can show up in different ways. So first of all, let's look at that. How do you know if you've got, if you're suffering from, if imposter syndrome is affecting you in any way? Well, if you have any sort of feeling like people, like you feel that people have overestimated your skills or you have some sort of feeling or fear that others are at some point going to discover your fundamental failings. Like, you know, they they know that you can do a good facial or a good massage, but then they're secretly going to find out that you have no idea what you're doing in terms of business or something like that. Um, if you feel like you're putting any of your success that you've had down to entirely external factors like look or being in the right place at the right time, or that one particular client that told everyone about you, or some other factor that was out of your control. If you're putting all your good news or your good points down to that, that can often be a condition of imposter syndrome as well. Now, this is by no means an exhaustive list. You know, it can simply mean, like I said, being in a business funk, which becomes a bit of a personal gloom, which suddenly leads to you doubting all your own abilities and things like that. Now, it's definitely our brain's fault. Okay, this is not a real life thing. It's how we're interpreting kind of the outside stuff that's happening to us really is all in our head when it comes down to it. Our critical thinking zones, okay, the bits of our brain that kind of tell us how we're feeling and and process stuff like that, that what they're doing is they're giving too much weight to the wrong thing that causes us to then believe that they're true. Stupid brains. So have you ever felt like you've had imposter syndrome before. Now you've kind of heard those descriptions. Have you ever felt like maybe you've suffered from imposter syndrome before in your business, or maybe you're suffering from imposter syndrome now? Who knows? Well, why do we in fact suffer from imposter syndrome? Well, our wonderful, infinitely complicated, amazing, but entirely flawed little brains have evolved to make connections. It's 
what our brains do. It's called critical thinking. And it often in the past has helped to protect us. So, you know, that sense of unease telling us, okay, maybe it's not the most sensible thing to do to make this camp right on the edge of this cliff. You know, that kind of connection was kind of more useful to our primitive selves. But when those connections actually go wrong, and our brains make us believe things based on wrong assumptions or false or incomplete evidence. You know, for example, if you've ever felt nervous about doing a presentation or giving a talk or something like that, and you assume that because you're feeling nervous, that means the presentation is going to go badly. Now, unfortunately, because that happens, it sometimes means it does because it makes you nervous, it makes you stumble and all those kind of things. But simply feeling nervous about the presentation doesn't mean that the presentation itself is going to go badly. Maybe it's a case that you've had one minor setback in something, you know, one minor setback in a plan that you've got or a project you're doing or an event that you're launching or a new treatment range you're taking on or some training you're doing or something like that. You have one minor setback and suddenly you think that that entire project is doomed. That entire venture isn't worth carrying on with. If you've ever had that kind of feeling before, that there is our brains making the wrong connections. Okay. If you stumble slightly, let's say you're doing a treatment, let's say you stumble slightly over one element of the treatment, you know, your brains can sometimes say, oh, that means it was a terrible treatment. The client's going to hate me. They're never going to come back again. All of these kind of things that is called catastrophization. And that's another thing again, that your brains are doing where it's taking one tiny thing and making an assumption based on that thing, which turns out to be wrong entirely because chances are you make one stumble in a treatment. Your client's probably not even going to notice yet in your brain. It means all these kind of things. Okay. Maybe it means all of your treatments are terrible because you did that one mistake that one time in that one treatment. Yeah. Is this sounding familiar? And then there's something called mental filtering. Okay. This is again, designed to protect our primitive selves when we used to live in the wild. Uh, and what it means is we kind of gloss over the good things, the things that have worked, and we focus in on that one potentially dangerous thing, and we give that unequal weight. And the times that this happens most common, and honestly, this happened to me just a couple of weeks ago, is, for example, we get like 100 uh, reviews, okay? 99 of those reviews are super positive, five-star, couldn't say enough good things about you. And then there's that one negative review in there amongst all those others, and yet we focus in on that one negative one. Our brains, for some reason, decide to look at that one and go, okay, that one's clearly the one that I need to listen to. Let's forget those other 99 that said I'm amazing and they love the treatments and they'd come back again and they'd recommend it to all those friends. Let's focus in on that one person who was maybe having a bad day. Maybe something didn't quite go right. Maybe there was a mistake with their booking. That's the one that we need to focus on. Is this sounding familiar to you? Because I think this is the kind of thing that we all do at least a little bit. So hopefully now you can recognize where imposter syndrome comes from a little bit more and potentially why our brains introduce it to us and how it shows up. I'd love you if you can in any way reach out to me. I'd love you to tell me how imposter syndrome has affected you in your business before and also whether it's something that you've noticed showing up again more recently. Now, when it comes to overcoming imposter syndrome, okay, because it is possible to do. You just need a few simple tools from your resilience toolkit as a business owner. Now, first of all, unsurprisingly, the very first thing you can do to help overcome imposter syndrome is to identify it, is to recognize it. 
Now, I've given you a bunch of examples of potentially how and where imposter syndrome can show up. Like I said, that's not an exhaustive list, but if you are in a little bit of a funk, if there's something going on with you that you can't quite explain, or you've done exactly that thing of catastrophizing one tiny, uh, you know, misstep or one negative review into the, you know, the world is ending, I'm terrible, I shouldn't do all this, at least notice that this is potentially imposter syndrome showing up. So once you recognize it, that's the first step in overcoming it because then you can do something about it. Okay. So once you recognized it, the next thing you can do is just check yourself. Okay. Do a quick reality check. Now for me, when I start to sort of potentially feel my brain making these wrong connections and starting to catastrophize stuff, I like to write this down on a piece of paper. Okay. I like to kind of go through the steps in on paper that's kind of going on in my mind. All right. Challenge that assumption that's causing the feeling. Okay. Doing this on paper shows that this one slight misstep that means, you know, you're unfit to call yourself a beauty therapist doesn't actually add up when you write things down in the real world. And often this can just show up the kind of the, the situation and the silliness for what it is worth. Um, the next thing you can do is recognize your success. You know, keep a list of your wins, keep a list of your positive reviews, your thank you emails. Okay. Don't put these um, you know, away in a folder somewhere, have them somewhere that you can go and look at when you start to see yourself sliding into one of these funks. Okay. Don't put them down to chance or fluke. Recognize that you've got a volume of them and, you know, one or two reviews you could maybe fluke into, but if you've got a whole book or pin board or web page or swipe file or something like that, full of them, and you can go through and read them, that should give you that feeling back of, you know, you are absolutely doing the right thing. You are absolutely an amazing therapist, business owner, all those kind of things. The sheer number of it will prove them. Next up, ditch the comparisonitis. You know, everyone is different. Everyone started their journey, their business journey, their beauty industry journey from a different place. And they're all at various points on that business journey. So the only person you should be comparing yourself to, and I'm talking about when you look at Instagram here or Facebook or how many clients and other businesses got locally or something like that, don't compare yourselves to them because you've no idea what's gone on before, what's going on in their life, how much help they're getting, all of these different things. The only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself, past versions of yourself, and to notice the growth that's happened. Okay. That's the only person compare yourself with yesterday's version of you. As long as you've grown from them, that's the growth that should matter. That's the comparison you'll be making. The next way you can do is to learn to take a compliment. Damn it. Yes, you are good at what you do. So resist the urge to self-deprecate that, you know, positive feedback when you get it. Okay. When someone says you're amazing at what you do, say thank you, take it on board, believe it yourself, okay? Don't push it away and say, oh, well, no, that was just a fluke. I was having a good day that day, all that kind of thing. Let that approval sink in. And by doing that, not only do you make you feel good, but you make the person complimenting you feel terrific as well, because actually nothing's worse than when someone's taking the time to compliment you and you kind of push that back and, and, and you know, say that it's not you and all that kind of thing. It, they're paying you the compliment, take it, for heaven's sake. Now, one reason for this imposter syndrome epidemic in small business owners that's kind of reared its head again is the lack of community, okay? Imposter syndrome, as we've seen, is very much inside of your head. If you had a boss or even a colleague that you could talk to about things like client drop-offs, 
clients not coming back as often or for the same treatments, a reduction in reviews or even a lack of stellar reviews. Well, things just wouldn't stay inside your head, would they? You'd be able to talk about them and they wouldn't go spiraling out of control. Now, one way to combat this that loads of members of the Beauty Business Secrets community have told me about is by being part of that community, by being part of the membership. Because having something each month to focus their mind on that they know is going to help build their business in some way, and then the live sessions and everything to check in or just offload and simply maintain that level of motivation, they tell me has been an enormous help in kind of keeping in check that imposter syndrome, banishing those funks. And if they do find themselves in a punk, pulling themselves out of it quickly so it doesn't actually kind of get out of control. And then not to mention, obviously, the check-ins and the community little groups we have to make sure that it's not just you. You don't have that feeling of it's just me that this is happening to, but actually sharing those feelings and seeing that actually everyone is going through the same thing. And these kind of feelings affect everyone as well. Really kind of, you know, it's that problem shared is a problem halved type thing. Now, if you'd like that sense of community too, as well as things like my help to get you more clients and price your treatments correctly, not to mention the new and improved social simplifier to save hours on your social media work and what to post and all those kind of things. Plus the live masterclasses, the monthly courses, the co-working sessions, and all of the things we do inside of the membership. Well, I'd love to invite you along to join. All you need to do is go to www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash membership. And all of the info you need is there along with all the details of how to join in. So let's banish that imposter syndrome together and build your business all at the same time and have you loving your business and loving life again by being part of the membership. Now, having said this, there unfortunately is no cure for imposter syndrome, okay? We can learn to manage it. We can learn to recognize it. We can learn to deal with it and get past it, but there is no pill you can take. There is no operation you can have to remove imposter syndrome for your life forever. That'd just be a bit too easy, wouldn't it? But the key thing to remember is it does not have to hold you back, okay? Sure, it can be annoying. It's going to pop up now and then, but now you know how to spot it and how to deal with it and how to move past it and overcome it, you're forewarned and forearmed. But here's a thought, okay? Is it even possible to channel imposter syndrome, flip it around and use it for positive purposes? I think it can be because that occasional bout of imposter syndrome likely means that you really care about your business. You care about what you're doing. You care about the people you're helping, which means you're actually doing meaningful work, which should turn itself around on itself and say basically, well, okay, I'm in a bit of a funk. I've recognized these things, but I know I'm doing meaningful work because I care so much that it's affected me in this way, if that makes any sense. So you probably have a constant need to be doing your best, to be tweaking and improving everything about you and your business as you go. So imposter syndrome properly handled should be able to inspire you to actually become the best version of yourself, to, to create the best version of your business, to do the best work that you can. So this is my kind of call out to you to say, come on, imposter syndrome sufferers unite. We are the ones who are going to make the world a better place. But what happens if you can't pull yourself out of it? If imposter syndrome has kind of got in there and it's stuck around and you just can't seem to pull yourself out of that funk. Well, if you find yourself struggling with, you know, this kind of imposter syndrome all the time, more often than not, then maybe you need some specific tools 
to handle it, some specific methods to actually deal with it on a larger basis. Otherwise, it is going to simply hold you back and maybe even spiral you down in even more into something that becomes even more severe or stops you reaching those dreams that you wanted. Now, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, not to be confused with CBD oil, more that might help, I suppose, is a fantastic way of managing imposter syndrome and other feelings that may kind of creep in there occasionally in a more ongoing way. CBT basically trains us to become much more objective, deal with our feelings and see ourselves in a much more unconnected way from the world around us so that, you know, not everything we do affects everything that happens around us, also known as reality. For example, you know, did that client really blank you as you passed each other in the supermarket because she thought your last treatment was appalling? Or maybe she was in a rush and she was simply looking for which aisle had the spices on it. You know, not everything revolves around you. In fact, hardly anything does as it turns out. So what I'd love to know from you, I would love to know what about this episode has been most interesting, most entertaining, most enlightening for you about imposter syndrome? Is it that maybe you thought you were just in a funk, but now you recognize what it is? And maybe now you've got some ideas to move past it. I'd love you to let me know. So please, if you have a couple of minutes to spare, head on over to iTunes and uh, leave me a review on there. Quick rating, quick review would be really nice. Let me know what you found most useful about this episode or send me an email to adam at beautybusinesssecrets.co. And don't forget, I'd love you to come and join the membership. I'd love to help you build your business myself and with the community that we've built up as well. All you need to do is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash membership and all the information as well as the details to join are all there. And if you have any questions at all, there's a link on there that you can connect with me and I will answer any questions you've got. That is everything from me for this week. I'll be back again next week in your ears, same time, same place. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at. 